Welcome to the Pet Grooming Business Podcast, where we give practical business advice to help you grow your pet grooming business. So without further ado, let's get going. dog grooming business and help support group i hope you're well and having a good sunday happy mother's day to all those mothers out there and i hope that you can um, come and join us for this chat with kirsty all about copywriting now copywriting is something that's quite new to me i didn't really have a lot of knowledge about it until i met kirsty and um so i thought we'd uh, come on live today and impart some of that knowledge onto all you guys and girls and see if it's something that can help you within your business so welcome kirsty how are you i'm good thank you how are you bill very good did you have a nice mother's day morning had a beautiful mother's day morning i had breakfast in bed uh, kids have eaten all my chocolates and uh yeah yeah not too bad thank you <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I scheduled this, um, I'm rubbish with dates, and I obviously scheduled this chat for uh, for today. <laughs> for, my, for my one of two special days of the entire year, and you've put me to work, yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry, uh, the worst uh, for power I've been doing lately was scheduling chats um, on a Thursday night when Pooch Perfect was on. <laughs> Uh, I'm a big no no, so I'm, I'm rubbish with dates sometimes, but uh, you're here, so... So I suppose the big question is, to start with, is what is copywriting? Okay, um, so copywriting is essentially writing for business. So all of us can obviously string a sentence together and put it on a piece of paper or in a a document. Um, But copywriting goes beyond that in the sense that it is trying to get the person who is reading it to take an action a certain action so it's persuasive writing and it, it doesn't have to come across as obviously buy my stuff buy my stuff but it's all about trying to motivate the reader to do a particular thing um, and it could be to click on a button it could be to read an article it could be to book in a groom or buy a special set of brushes or some clippers or whatever it is that if you sell products as well then that can obviously you know become part and parcel but all it is is essentially persuasive writing to get the person reading it to do a certain thing so it's not just about you know spelling mistakes and punctuation it's a lot more than that isn't it it's about you know getting the best out of your business whilst you're whilst people are looking at it online Exactly, exactly. So we'll we'll all have seen stuff online before when you get sucked down the rabbit hole of, you know, if if you click on a sponsored post on Facebook and you you end up on a landing page, which you probably didn't really think you were going to end up on, but then you start reading it and it sucks you in and you, you end up reading the whole damn thing, even though you weren't interested at the start. And you end, you might end up clicking on the button and signing up to the newsletter or, you know, booking on the free trial or watching the webinar or all those different things that you may not have done had you not embarked upon that journey. Well, you certainly wouldn't have done it had you not clicked on the link. And so it's all about the the words that you use to get someone to do something. And it, it, it sounds shady, but it isn't. It is, it's not like, you know, underhand, salesy, pushy techniques. It's about kind of appealing to your target audience's deepest wants, needs, fears, problems, and offering them a solution and framing it in such a way that they 
they identify that they want that solution. And so it doesn't feel pushy because your your words are directed at fixing that problem that they have. Yeah, so we talk about target customers. So that could be um, anyone, you know, your target customer could be quite broad, couldn't it? As a pet groomer, it could be anyone with a dog or a cat. Absolutely. Or your you specialise in poodles or specialise in cockapoos. So they would be your your target customer and you'd write um, some copy, some words around those particular animals sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, good copy is as much about pushing away the wrong people as it is pulling in the right people. It is a form of qualification of leads. So if you've um, got an ad um, as a groomer, for example, on Facebook, and um, you say, oh, 50% off your first groom, and you get 200 people clicking on it, but you only groom poodles, but you didn't actually say that in your ad, then you'll have 50 people all wanting a free groom, but you can only offer it to the three people that have got poodles or something like that. So you need to, um, there's no vagueness in copywriting it needs to be specific and specifically addressed to your target customer and what they need so how did you get into it how did you find copywriting as your your thing your what you wanted to do well i've i've always been a, a writer of um to a greater or lesser extent poetry short stories that sort of thing um I've always been able to write up a good report or a statement or or whatever. Um, and I, I started off trying my hand at Facebook advertising, um, and I was I was all I was perfectly happy writing the ads and and doing that side of things. But I found myself quite bamboozled by ads manager and the the numbers side of things. And I was on a um, a business accelerator, and I spoke with a mentor who pushed me in the direction of copywriting because it took uh, took me away from the confusing analytics, which you don't have to be good at as a copywriter because you provide the product and then someone else analyzes the results. Um, but it kept me in with the writing, which is the bit that I actually enjoyed. And I think I, you don't have to be like a good speller or a great grammatician, if that's a word, I don't know. Um, or know loads of like complex words. And it's not about wordsmithing and making it sound really clever. It's about making it as simple as possible. And I think I'm, I'm quite a simple person at heart, so I could do that quite easily. <laughs> see. So um, so someone like uh, myself or someone comes to you and says, I'd like you to do my copy for my website or um, a brochure or leaflet that we've got. How, how do you work with someone to um, get the best out of their out of their website and best out of their words and stuff? Yeah, okay. So that's, that's a really important question, actually, because um, a lot of people will say, okay, can you write my website for me? And there'll be not much in the way of direction. But it's really important that I understand your business and your, your customer as well as you do. So um, if you said, oh, can you do me a, a dog groomer website, please? But you don't tell me who your target customer is. Obviously, it can be dog um, people with dogs, but if you have that specialism or you've got a certain product or a service that you kind of is your kind of star product or service, like maybe the teeth cleaning and that sort of thing, um, but you don't tell me about it, then I'm I'm never going to be able to be able to do a good job for you. So when I onboard a client, I have a quite a complex and detailed questionnaire and onboarding session that we go through. So and those the questionnaire can be filled out by by the potential client you know, in their own time. So they could have really get a chance to think about it, but it's all about, um, you know, 
breaking down who the target customer is, like where do they live? You know, what's their what's their income even? Like what sort of salary are they at? So what are they going to be able to afford? Um, you know, what do they what do they do for fun? So you've I've almost got like an avatar, like an imaginary client in my head. I can even give them a name, you know. You can say, uh, Bob is Bill's perfect customer for um for the dog groomer's place, you know. And so um and Bob's got three dogs and his wife is always moaning at him but that that the dogs are molting in the in the house and you know but he's the one that wanted the dog so he's got to be the one that looks after them. Do you know what you build up a mental picture of the ideal customer and then it becomes so much easier to direct the writing on a website all about that person. Obviously I don't mention Bob in the website, but you know I, I I'm writing to that one person. And that one person is representative of your target market. Um, so, yeah. I think that's really important as well, isn't it? Because yeah. uh, you mentioned target customer. And I think a lot of people come into business. Uh, a lot of dog groomers probably come into business. You know, they, they've, they've done their training, they've done their qualification. They know they want to do dog grooming and earn some money from it. But maybe we don't put enough emphasis on to who's actually going to use our services who's going to come to our shop or come to our home with their pets you know how much does that person earn how much does that does that person use the internet does that person use facebook all that sort of stuff we possibly don't question that enough to find that perfect customer doing that that avatar that you're you're kind of extracting from people yeah no possibly not and i think it's a good place if people are just starting out maybe in business uh, as as a groomer that that you can give that a bit of thought who do you want to work with because you don't have to work with everyone you don't need all the clients you just need a certain proportion of clients to give you the income that you want by you charging enough for your services. And so you can say, well, do you know what? I don't like grooming German Shepherds. They're, they're really big and I can't, ho- can't hold on to them or, and their fur's really long. And I don't, you know, maybe you don't like grooming German Shepherds. So you can say, um, um, say I don't, I don't groom them. I'm a, I, I'm, I'm going to groom small dogs or I'm only going to groom spaniels, or you could become a specialist in your area. Um, and by focusing in on, by niching, by, by having a specific a specific target audience rather than a very general one, uh, you become an expert. So not only um, are you a good dog groomer, but you are an excellent spaniel groomer, for example. Yeah. And so anyone who's got a spaniel is like, well, I can go to the general person or I could go to the person I know is going to do the best job because they only groom spaniels, therefore they know what they're doing. See what I mean? And so it becomes, you become, you can elevate your position by by, by narrowing down your target market. Do you think um, by having good copywriting, you know, going into the question of why good copywriting is important, do you think if you had good copywriting, so good words on your website, on your Facebook page and leaflets and brochures and stuff, do you think that can elevate your price? Do you think you can start to charge more? Because it makes you look more professional and makes you come across better? Yeah, possibly. I think you don't need to employ a copywriter to have good copy and and to to come across as professional. However, the difference between having um, motivational copy on your website compared to like a very well-written but features-driven website would be that you're not appealing to the client's kind of wants or needs and you may be yeah so i'm a dog groomer this is what i do 
but uh, and you might say I do this grooms it costs this much and it includes this this and this now that is a list of features and while that is important to know so you know your your client's going to know what their dog is going to be subjected to when they come into the in, into your shop yeah. what you're not addressing is what that means for the customer so and you can appeal to the emotion of what that means you know what would it mean to your cat to get rid of all those mats and to and to deal with that skin condition that is this festering under there because the mats are there what does that mean for your cat what does that mean for you as an owner that you can you can you do you see what i mean so you're kind of you're not you're not trying to play mind games but what you're trying to do is show them the benefits of your service not just the features is that what you mean by the, the motivational copy? So you're yeah. driving them to to realise what their issues are with their pet and they're driving them to pick up that phone and, and call you for that appointment sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so I'm doing some copy for a makeup academy, for, for example, at the moment. And it's not just this is what you're going to learn on your makeup course. You're going to learn how to put on mascara. Um, I don't know. Oh, what's it called? contour contour or whatever but why are you going to learn those things because you're going to pick your self-esteem up off the floor after you've had kids you're going to be able to look in the mirror and feel good about yourself and see what i mean so there is a difference between just listing what the course is about and listing what it means for the person who's who's going to be doing it yeah so it's selling the result isn't it it's um, it's instead of just going you we will do blah 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 with your pet we are going to turn your pet into a fabulously looking uh, animal afterwards. It's going to really help the pet's skin condition or it's going to make the pet feel so much more lighter because it's de-shedded all its hair and everything like that. So Yeah, yeah. and also what it means for the person who owns that pet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, less mess, a happier dog, a happier cat, whatever it is um, that ultimately that person is taking the dog to the groomers for. If it is uh, you've got a lab, for example, and it's not one that needs to be trimmed because it's it sheds. But by God, does it shed? And so, if you don't take it to the to the groomers regularly, then you're going to have a smelly dog because they get smelly, and your carpet or your floors are just going to be covered in like a black or brown kind of haze because they just will not stop shedding. And so, what it means for the person who's taking their dog is you don't have to be sweeping up three times a day because you know all of that undercoat that's been sitting there just unattached for for months on end is all all comes out. And so, uh, it what it means for the person who has the dog is that you can you've got more of your own time you don't have a smelly dog or a smelly house you've got a clean house you've got a happy dog <laughs> and you know your wife is not moaning at you because your dogs are shedding all over the place and you said that you'd, you'd be in charge of cleaning it up yeah, so <laughs> yeah bob come on sort it out i'm actually yeah. i'm actually thinking of my dad here because he's got a lab and so i know what it's like so um so yeah but so so you can see how it appeals to the you are dressing the ultimate aim yeah, and I think that's really important. And I think the other thing is, is um, you know, we can all be inside our business and go, well, it's obvious to me, you know, you bring a Labrador to the groomers, we're going to brush it out and get rid of all its hair. That's, that's obvious, that's why you do it. But when you actually have someone else come in from the outside and start asking you these in-depth questions and start asking you all the 
the, the nitty gritty, the real detail, and the fine detail, and it starts it starts to make you think about your business, but also you're seeing stuff from an outsider and picking up relevant points within that business as well to then put onto the website, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. And I think a good way of kind of drilling down, if you're not sure about what your ultimate aim is is to just keep saying okay so you answer a question you you ask the question um you know uh so you need the dog comes in to be groomed but why okay because uh the fur's getting too long uh, but why because it's a long-haired dog and we need to keep it and um, but why do you want to do it but why but why but why and you keep asking why until you haven't got any more answers and that final one is your ultimate why and that is what you need to focus on in your copy so um it's 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 not it's not a it's not a, um it's not an art it's a science yeah so there's no kind of mystery behind it so you just but you just need to be really drilled down on who you're speaking to um and then you find that and back going back to your previous question about do you think you can charge more your services become sought after because you're addressing that why and you're saying but i'm doing this because and th- and then your target customer said yeah okay well i need that because that's what i need even though everyone else is offering that same thing purely for how you have framed your services makes makes you stand out above the rest it makes you it shows you as more informed and that you understand them better and so it immediately develops that kind of rapport, the no like trust. It's part of that, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and being able to to kind of they, when the customer feels like they're being understood. Yeah, we know that um, people buy because they've got a want and a need, and you're either addressing the want or you're addressing the need within your literature, aren't you? Absolutely, absolutely. And so when you think, so anyone kind of putting copy together for a website or a brochure, just think about the ultimate need why they're doing it and make sure that you weave that into your copy because because that that calls out your target customer and says hey this is why you need me i can help you i can help you solve your problem and i think we've kind of pulled away now from saying you know this is this is us this is our shop this is what we do this is what we do and it becomes more like this is how we help you and what are your issues and how are we going to help you it becomes more about the customer doesn't it oh absolutely absolutely and and even even say on a website for example there tends to be like an about me page or about us about the company and even that you might be um forgiven for thinking that the about you page is about you but it's not because it's about what you can do and why you can solve the, the customer's problem. So, so yeah, I've been I've been dog grooming for sixteen years, which means that I am perfectly placed to help you do X Y Z. I understand the needs of spaniels because I've worked with them for however many years, and I know that I can give them the best service. And so, you are always talking about what your skills on your about page, what your skills can do for them. Otherwise, they're not interested. They don't care about you. No offense. They don't care about, you know, your life story only as insofar as it's relevant to addressing their issues. That's it. And um, so I've been looking over websites over the over the years. And, you know, you see some that are just uh, reams and reams and reams and reams and reams and reams of um, wording. What What's your advice when it comes to writing a website? You know, is it um, short and to the point or is it loads, like less is more or is it do you believe in like 
putting loads and loads of words and stuff onto the websites? Uh, it don't have to be like incredibly wordy. Um, a good rule of thumb is having um, a an identifiable page where the, all the contact details are. So they can see your socials, they can see your email address or a contact form, your location, obviously. Groomers are geographically based. It's not as if you can do it anywhere in the country because you have to service a particular geographical spread. So that's obviously important. Um, information about you and your services. But on your homepage, it needs to have your most important take home message at the top because people are la- are lazy their attention span is like 2 or 3 seconds so if you don't pull them in at at the top of your page then you may well lose them and they'll go off onto the next onto the next website that they're looking at so that, that's that's a good rule of thumb in terms of the home page what is your most important message that you've got for your target customer stick it at the top yeah, so even if they don't even scroll, they can still see it. And they can phone you. Exactly. So maybe if you've got a header that's got the telephone number on or it's got a click here to call now or like a call to action, so a button that says that will take you to like their email so they can email you straight away or it will take you straight to a phone call or it will take you to a booking system, a booking page so you can actually book in a groom. So, you know, all all those like, all those things. So whatever it is that you're, you want them to do when they reach your website, make sure you give them the option to do that right at the beginning. Cool. And um, obviously we've, we've talked a lot about websites, but uh, does the copy that you write, um, does that differ? Does that change when you then go onto Facebook? Does it change when you then go write a brochure or a, a leaflet that you give to your customers? It does in a way. I think the medium is important. Obviously you will or can utilize a lot of the same material across different mediums but for, for example you'll you'll sometimes see on leaflets a click here and you know so someone has really not been think had their thinking hat on when they've they've just cut and paste from their website copy they've you know and so that obviously things like that you need to address but also with a brochure that it can be longer form. There can be more detail in a brochure because people are like, uh, typically, if they've been given a brochure, they've, they've probably got an interest in it. It's not going to be something you're just going to mail out cold, is it? It's going to be something that you've given to someone because they're a, you're trying to warm them up as a prospect. Um, they might have picked one up off your craft stall or something like that, you know. So, so um, you can put more detail in a brochure than you necessarily would in a website. So you can go to tell more, so maybe have more testimonials in there, um, more pictures, and so you can bulk it out and make it look so, so it's more in-depth. A leaflet, on the other hand, needs to be shorter than your website, really, uh, because mm-hmm. it's it's obviously there's a lot less space and you don't want it to seem really kind of jumbled and packed together. I think if you overpack a leaflet, it it makes someone less likely to read it. So you need to have like the good take home messages in a leaflet and contact details and, you know, maybe like your star rating on Google or whatever it is so that they can see, are you kind of like, are you reliable? Are your services good? What are your services? How can I get in touch with you? Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm obviously use Facebook and Instagram a lot. And I think the messages on Facebook I think you need to be very short with your writing on Facebook. I think you've got to compete with so much on there. If you start putting long reels of writing on there, yeah. uh, 
think you, you, you're just going to lose your message and people are just going to scroll right past. So, Absolutely, absolutely. I think with, with um, social media in particular, your image or your video, whatever it is on your post, is going to be the thing that stops the person from scrolling. So that is kind of out of my remit. Unless, unless I'm one that's sourcing the, the, the images, which sometimes happens. But it will be the copy that decides whether, whether or not they take an action. Yeah, so it's the combination of the two. And I think that's really important to remember. So, you know, don't make your image too busy. Um, have it to create like a pattern interrupt. So, you, you know, it doesn't just look like the rest of stuff. You'll be like, oh, well, why is that lady upside down? Or, you know, there'll be something that kind of makes it stand out. Or even if it's just like a really, really crazy cute cat or dog or something that will make your target market stop and look. Because at the end of the day, if you're a groomer, you are going to be getting hit up with animal related ads all the time. Or if you're a dog owner, you're going to get hit up with animal related stuff because that's what you look at on Facebook and on other, um, you know, areas of online. And Facebook knows because they have um, their pixels and pixels are installed on websites and uh, for clever marketing. And so if you visit, say, Pets at Home on your um, computer and later you're on Facebook, you're going to get hit with the Pets at Home um, advert saying saying yeah look our dog food is on three for two and you'll be like oh that's that's convenient but no it's because they've got a facebook pixel installed on their website so when you visit from your phone or your computer and then subsequently you're on facebook they, they can link the two uh it's it's, it's it sounds a little bit underhand and a bit devious but that's how things work and so if you've got a website then you want to be installing the facebook pixel and google analytics and stuff on your website so that you can do the same so you can target that person as well so um yeah yeah that's a massive takeaway isn't it i wonder how many people that um are in this group and watch this or whether they've um designed the website themselves or got web design to do it i wonder how many people have actually handed their facebook pixel over to their web designer and said can you put that into the co- into the coding Absolutely. And it is, it is just a cut and paste for, for the web designer. It's really easy that you can put it in the header so it's on every single page. Um, not that you can see it, obviously. I mean, the header of the, of the code. Um, but yeah, it, can make, it, can, it's, it makes a massive amount of difference in terms of your targeting for your ads if you're going to run ads. Now, now maybe, maybe you're not going to run ads. Um, but if you do, then the, then the Facebook pixel becomes all the more important and it makes you stand out because you are then hyper-targeted to your target, to your customer. Because if they visited your website, then of course you want to hit them with ads. If you're running ads, you want them to see your ads because they've already, they've already taken the first step of, um, of going onto your website, maybe having a little look around, but maybe they weren't ready at that point. So if your advert then says, um, Hey, you know, you know, Spaniel owners of Kent come and get 50% off your first groom, first 10 signups or something like that. You, you may not have been ready when you're on that website, but then that offer maybe wasn't there. But then, you know, you come onto a different, a different um, form of media and you're on Facebook or Insta or whatever it is. And suddenly you hit them with this time limited offer that they're already thinking about coming onto your services anyway. That may be what takes them over the, over the edge. Tips from over the edge. And, you know, um, writing copy for advertising, is that a completely different art 
or is it um do you do you outsource that to someone else or is that something that no, you no 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 I, no I do that but it's um there's like direct response copywriting which is your kind of traditional um advertising copy and so it is a bit more in your face and it'll be your sales pages or your landing pages uh, so if you've got an offer for example or um you click they want to learn more about the offer they'll click on learn more and then it will take them to a a very persuasive bit of uh, copy which kind of leaves them at no illusion as to why they should sign up and it's not pushy but it is hey, this is what you're going to get. And you're going to try and kind of build in your your FOMO, your, your fear of missing out on something um, into that. Like, you know, you've got to sign up before the end of March because once, you know, once the, we're booked up, we're booked up, we can't take any more. Uh, this, or this price, is, we're never going to have this price again. This is just a post-COVID reintroductory price and we're going to have to push our prices up X, Y, Z or whatever it is. Um, yeah, so it's, it's a lot, um, direct response copywriting is a lot more salesy. But copywriting spans an entire spectrum. So general broad marketing is is also still copywriting, but it's just a lot more gentle. And it's kind of it's 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 building up that no like trust and making them think, yeah, I do want to get on your mailing list because I I like the sound of you and I'd like to speak to you more or hear from you a bit more. Or, yeah, I would like to come and listen to your webinar or whatever it is that you've got you've got going on. But you're, they're not at that point being pushed to buy anything. They're just being gently funneled through a customer journey of your devising, um, where at the end of it, people become customers, become paying clients. But it's like this, and so and there's copywriting at each stage of the sales funnel. There's a lot of psychology to it. Do you does this ruin your shopping experience as a copywriter? Do you go, oh, I'm not going to fall for that. <laughs> No, not necessarily. It's more like, ah, oh, I like it. I see what you're doing there. This is this is an inspired funnel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I know it doesn't. It doesn't spoil it because I still I still sign up. Like I I clicked on an advert just yesterday for a magazine, and it was a you know stuff that you're not going to get in other ma- magazines. Kind of back to nature do cool stuff with your kids, enjoy what you've got, not non-materialistic stuff. And, and like, and the, the magazine is six pounds in an edition. And I ended up paying 14 pounds for four months. So I felt like I got a bargain, but of course that was always their intention to charge me that, but it's the way that they framed it in this sales letter as saying, well, you know, this is how much this bit's worth. This bit's how much this bit's worth. This is how much you should be paying, which is like 28, 29 quid or whatever it is. But you can get it for 14 today because we're doing an introductory offer. But that was always their plan. The power. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Maybe you can explain, you know, we're all all busy um, people. Perhaps you can explain what um, the differences between content that we might be putting out daily or or monthly or weekly, you know, and then uh, the difference between content and copywriting. Okay, so content can be blogs. uh, It can be social media posts. And it can be value. So um, content is what it gives you on that day. So I want to learn about dog grooming. I might go online and Google it and I might read a few blogs for some groomers or some trainers or, or whatever it is. And I, and the takeaway from that is what the information is. 
there's mm. nothing beyond that. You might want to sign up to it to their newsletter. So there may be an element of kind of funneling going on because at the end of the day, your blog is is not standalone, although it does kind of generate its own income if you're good at it, obviously, with um, you know, affiliate links and backlinking and all that sort of thing. Um, but it's kind of a does what it says on the tin sort of thing. You, you're reading it because you want to know what's in it. Whereas copywriting is, it, as I said before, it's like it's, it's writing that, yes, can give you value, but it wants you to do something at the end of it. Take that next step, click the button, pick up the leaflet, whatever it is. Yeah, the next step in the journey. Yeah. What's, uh, what are your thoughts around um, blogs? I know many years ago when we first set up our um, pet room business, we were like, yes, well, what we're going to do, we're going to do like a, a bi-weekly newsletter. And then that gradually got slipped back to a monthly newsletter and then the six monthly newsletter because it's so much work goes into writing this stuff. Do you think the value in providing this sort of information for your customers and potential customers in blogs and newsletters and we are in an information age at the moment. So anything that someone wants to learn, it's out there. They just have to look for it. If you can give it to your customer, then obviously that's great. But there is no point whatsoever in embarking on something that you are not going to be able to service. So it might be much better to, if you've got if you've got an email list, for example, that you have when you onboard people. So when someone signs up to your email list from your website, for example, hey, join our mailing list, that you have a set of three emails that come out automatically over over the course of a week, which is like a welcome sequence. So, hey, welcome to A to Z, um, Animal Care. We are Bill and Emma, X, Y, Z, blah, 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 blah. And so there's like an introductory email. The next one is, oh, this is what we do. Uh, we're going to really look after your data because we're not mean and we're not going to sell it on and blah, blah, blah. You know, so you address the kind of the data security and all that sort of thing. You know, if you want to unsubscribe, you can at any time. But you And then you can then use your list. As long as you kind of service your list every so often, that's a great way of keeping your um, prospects who may not be customers at this point, remember, keeping them warm so that if they decide, you know, they, they visited this um, grooming website because they were thinking about getting a spaniel. Okay. But, and they wanted to see what it was all about and, um, and how much things cost. Um, so to decide whether or not to get that dog, but they haven't got that dog yet, but they signed up to the newsletter because there was a button on a website and they said, okay, yeah, well, I'll keep in touch. And so, but purely for signing up to that newsletter and, reg- and, you know, having occasional emails, they just, they, uh, separately, they've decided to get that Spaniel who's whose grooming place they're going to go to are they going to going to pick a random one off the top of google or are they going to choose the one that's been sending them information and building up that rapport that no like trust over the course of however many months so it's this it's all kind of motivated to get people to become clients um but it's never it's never worth it if you can't service it if you see what i mean is no, and is that something that a copywriter would do? I mean, do you know, would you know the business well enough to be able to write kind of a blog or kind of these emails for that business? Um, a good thing about email sequences is you can automate them. So there are lots of different softwares out there which help you automate these processes. So whenever someone clicks sign up, it's not a question of you saying, oh, someone signed up to the website today, love, let's um, let's send them an email. It all gets done automatically. And so, and you can start, so you can write three 
a welcome sequence of three emails or a copywriter can do that for you. Um, or you might have a an offer. And so there'll be a sequence for the offer or uh, I don't know if it's Black Friday and you're going to you're going to do something for Black Friday, you'll build it up. And, and you could also have repurposed material. So if you are regularly posting on social media as part of your marketing strategy, you just make sure you keep it like so if you if you're doing a live that you record it you can send it off get it transcribed and you can use that material you just you know that would make it so easy for a copywriter to put stuff together for you um or you can do it yourself so you could you could turn a um a live into a blog we could do you know yeah. you can put me off totally today can't you you can then send this off to some transcription service and you can stick this down as a blog later on or you can turn it into a podcast or whatever it is you know i know different people are going to have different differing marketing strategies and not everyone is going to be thinking oh i'm going to have this crazy email automation podcasting social media lives a lot of people are going to be like i'm going to stick my name in yellow pages um but you know every everyone is going to be doing it differently and there is no right or wrong way, but the why do you cast your net to look for your target market and your target customer? The more people are going to come through and be asking for your help. Yeah, and I think if you're going to do um, if you're going to do something, I mean, a lot of people work on their own or they work in small teams, and this is what I'm saying about it. it's like having the time to do all this. But if you're going to do it, then you need to do it well, don't you, to make sure you get the most like return on your investment exactly exactly and i think it's a good rule of thumb and we've we've been taught it through business mentoring and stuff like that is that if it's not your skill outsource it if it is if it's important to generate income for your business but you can't spend you can't do that job well enough in the time that you can allocate to it then it is much better to pay someone else to do it which will ultimately mean more business for you. If, if you're thinking, oh, no, but I can only groom however many dogs in a day, then you become that premium dog groomer where you, your prices are higher. You know, there are so many different price points for, for dog grooming. It's not like a there is, a, there is a price for a German Shepherd and there's a price for a Pomeranian. They're, you know, it's whatever someone's willing to pay. And if you have got a, a premium set of customers, you can charge premium prices. And so you become like um, they, they want you because you're very difficult to get hold of. Maybe you, you know, because you're so good, that's why you're hardly available. And, and so people are willing to pay more. So it's not you, you can you can worry about kind of like having too many leads coming through your door. But then that's that's the point at which you you address your pricing. Yeah, you become oversubscribed, don't you? So you can yeah. put your prices up. Yeah. So that out. Yeah. The um, you know, I, I probably if I was trying to, and I have done it. I put my hands up. I have tried to write brochures. I have tried to write websites. It just doesn't work. You never get it done. You never get it like good. Um, so I'm a big advocate um, of outsourcing to the professionals. And, uh-huh. and, and yes, it can be expensive at times, but what it does, it frees up your time to 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 focus on what you're good at, and that's. Um, you know, if you're a pet groomer, you, you might be able to focus more time on on once those leads coming in, selling your services to the people that are giving you a call or, you know, or just be more time with your family. And then that relieves your stress because you're not working seven days a week, grooming five days, and then trying to write your fantastic website and stuff like that. And uh, that's my ultimate why for my target market. 
is that you know why am I why why do you need to come to a copywriter and that is exactly why mm. because you know you don't need to be doing all that you you want your writing to be making you money not costing you money or not costing you time and so and that's so there's 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 kind of my ultimate wife that, that I'm looking for for my target my target audience if you see what I mean and yeah there's it is it's not easy for copywriters to do what they do uh, but it's easier for us than it is for for you yeah that's what yeah. we do I, I would have no idea how to start grooming a dog. I tried to cut my boy's hair the other day. <laughs> my, my, my human child. I don't mean a dog. I mean, <laughs> and I did a very poor job. He, we gave up after the nape of the neck. We, that's it. Yeah. He looks like a beetle. Uh, you've sent him back to school like that as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, just one question that popped into my head was if I was to do a video, so I'm going to do a video like on um, YouTube or I'm going to do a video that's going to be recorded and put into a Facebook or a Facebook group. Do you write the scripts? Could you put copy into like a script so that to make sure that um, those messages, like that motivation message or that call to action message is included? Absolutely. So it can be pure, like completely scripted, which obviously can be a, blessing and a curse if it's a blessing in the sense that you know exactly what you need to say but if it comes across as wooden and stilted then it's going to undermine your message um, or it can be like talking points so make sure you mention x y z and you know give phrases and stuff so uh, and a structure so that it does end with the call to action or there's a relative you know there are there are um, frequent calls to action throughout your YouTube video or whatever it is um, so that you are focusing on the right thing in your, um, in your video. Yeah, absolutely. Um, copywriters can do scripting. Cool. So um, I think people might watch this later or watch this now thinking, well, that's a quite a, like, a, a different topic to have within a pet grooming, um, pet grooming co- uh, group or pet grooming page. But, you know, this is, really important fundamentals of business isn't it this is um we go we put our services all over the internet we put our services out on the market but sometimes you put this stuff out thinking why is no one buying from me or why am i not getting um, attraction on my website but i think we've fundamentally answered these sort of questions haven't we with our chat today yeah um marketing is the lifeblood of any business and it shouldn't be I know it is sometimes because it seems like a bit of a kind of fluffy subject but it shouldn't be a an optional element of your budget it should be an essential element of your budget because you could be the absolute bee's knees the dog's you know what's at grooming. You could be the best one in a hundred mile radius. And if the wrong people are reading your stuff or the right people aren't reading your stuff, no one is going to know. And so, yes, you get word of mouth recommendations, which is fantastic. And obviously that is really good. And But that is in itself a form of marketing, but it is just, it's, it's informal. But when you, when you exhaust that inner circle and, of and, you can't rely on referrals to build a business plan, um, you know, and to plan growth. You can't say, I'm just going to get referred to more people. That's, you know, you have no control over that. Yes, you can do the best job that you possibly can, but you can't control how other people talk about you. So there needs to be kind of like an element of strategy in getting your message out there. And 
copyright is just, copywriting is just one element of that. It is the words, and yes, it's not the only element. Obviously, there's there's the pictures, there's the website, there's the there's the form of the media. It's that it all, but it is part of it, and it is an essential part of it. In well, obviously, in my in my eyes, <laughs> but you need to you know formulate your message in such a way that it motivates people to become your customer at the end of the day yeah and i'm great i'm pleased actually you brought up this um word of mouth because i do see a lot on um these chat groups and social media groups and stuff saying well you know i just use word of mouth which yes that's fine and you know that is a very important part of your business your recommendations your reviews and bumping into mrs miggins down in the park with her dog saying oh that's a very nice haircut where'd you get it done that is an important part of your business and obviously that is free however what happens um outside of that little town or outside that village what what about the people that might travel like um, 15, 20 miles to come and use your services, how do they get to hear about you um, via word of mouth if oh. all your customers are very, like, local? You know, and that's, that's what the message I want to get over is, yes, word of mouth is very important, but we can't neglect the other media, the other forms of advertising, can we? No, no, absolutely not. And if you if you are going to remain a, a grooming business that remains very small and you only want to do a couple of grooms a day or whatever it is, then word of mouth may well be sufficient for you. But if you're looking to kind of establish a really lucrative is the wrong word, but one that is a reward, financially rewarding career um, and it's not like a hobby job, it is a proper job, there's, you know, there's it's a skill it is a really sought after skill that people regularly undercharge for and by spreading your net wider you then get more people coming in you then can you can redress that financial imbalance because you can say yeah this this person's willing to travel 25 miles to come to me because i'm the specialist at xyz and you know and so and and then there's their word of mouth over in that next town over you know, so oh, you, or or the spaniel group that um, you know you've pitched, put some pictures of your new groom up on the spaniel f- Facebook group, and they're like, oh, where did you get that one done? And oh, I went to this place. Oh, I found that's only five miles from me, or whatever. And so, and that's how it happens. So there is organic marketing in, but it, it's not just how you would think, how you might think of it, um, like just in in your town or in your street or whatever it is. Um, it can. But market the like formal marketing can help like multiply that. Yeah, let's get out there and let's tell people, you know, we're we're based in Ashford in Kent. And if you looked at Google Maps, if you're not familiar with the area, we have people travel from Dartford, we have people travel from Canterbury and even from London, some of the London boroughs. They bring their pets. I've got um, a lady coming down from Hampshire. <laughs> to have her teeth cleaned on the uh, on their pet. So I, oh, I hope you're not cleaning hers. <laughs> no, not her teeth. <laughs> for, for the pets, and that's all through marketing. That's all through, um, you know, this is what can happen. You don't just have to rely on your your local area. You can expand out, and people will travel to use your services. So, I think that's a really good um, point that you made about yeah. uh, word of mouth and marketing. Mm. So I'm not going to take up any more of your Mother's Day. <laughs> it's been really good uh, chatting to you. Perhaps you can just let us all know the name of your, your business. 
Yeah, it's the Curious Copy Company. Um, you can find me on Facebook. Maybe you can stick something in the comments. Yeah. Um, link. I've got a Facebook page and Insta page. My website is up, but well, actually it's not up at the moment. It's being worked on. Um, but it is uh, thecuriouscopy.co. And uh, yeah, it will be back up and running very shortly. Um, you can find me on Facebook. It's Kirsty Mills. And or just drop me a message if you ever need any advice or anything in relation to copywriting. I'm not looking to kind of like get loads of clients through this or anything, but I am in Bill's group. And so you can stick messages on there as well. And I'll, um, if you tag me in them, I'll do my best to respond. Yeah, I was going to say you hang out in this group as well. So you can actually um, be tagged in messages. So that's brilliant. Thanks for your time. No worries. Okay. See you later.